everybody. Dan Bickley here. What condition will our Phoenix Suns be in come Monday morning? Big weekend ahead, folks. We'll tackle it at 6 a.m. on Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 5 o'clock hour on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Friday. Thank you for hanging out with us here on this Friday. Thanks for letting us keep you company wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You're listening to us on podcast form. That's cool, too. We appreciate it. I was, frankly, Gambo, I was wondering when this was going to come up, but I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long for somebody to bring this up. Um, I figured it'd be a matter of time until we we talked about something like this. Uh, Jake Fisher, NBA insider for Yahoo Sports. You have communication with Jake, sure. right? I don't want to sure. yeah. like reveal any company secrets or anything, no. but I, I think you, you two talk from time to time. Um, Jake Fisher was on Sports Knot. He normally writes for Yahoo Sports. Um, and he said this, quote, The talk around Phoenix in the event they are eliminated early in the playoffs is there might be more repercussions on the personnel staff, the front office, the coaching staff. And I know they just came in and gave Frank Vogel a lot of money, but there's definitely talk of the stakes being so high in Phoenix and what happens were they to lose in the first round. You know what? Why am I saying it to you? Jake Fisher said it. This is my bad. Sorry, man. I think, you know, the talk around Phoenix is that in that event, there might be more repercussions on the the personnel staffing stuff. You know, front office, coaching staff, who's to say? And I know they just came in and gave Frank Vogel a lot of money, but um, that, that, there's definitely talk of, you know, the stakes being so high in Phoenix and what happens if they were to lose in the first round type thing. But I personally am not necessarily looking at it as if they don't go far, Kevin Durant's going to be for the taking. Maybe, I mean, anything can happen. He, he could just decide, look, this ain't working out. The conversation was like about KD and what he would do if they don't go very far. But Jake kind of turned it and flipped it and said, I don't see anything happening with KD, but could they change the coaching staff? Now, here's the thing. Like, we had a track record of what Robert Sarver would do coaching-wise that we were able to ju- – we don't know. None of us know. I can't tell you one way or another what Matt Ishbier and what they would think if they get knocked out in the first round. Look, they might get a very unfavorable matchup. They may get the Nuggets in the first round. They may get the Clippers in the first round. Sure. By the way, Clippers are not playing very well right now. Okay, no, but Paul George been out, but they're not playing very well. Yeah. Yeah. But you may get an unfavorable matchup and you get upset. I would be really surprised – if they made any coaching change, even if they got knocked out in the first round, get a bad matchup, it happens. I mean, you'd have to look at, you'd have to take into the count, into account all the injuries you had this year, especially the one to Beal. Let's had him miss half the games, just about half the games, um, and just say, look, they, you know, we're going to come back and we're going we're gonna to run it back and see what happens. You were. When we were t- doing that discussion earlier on, on the, because the Coyotes were, have a 14 game losing streak, and we were like, let's take a look at the teams that have had, we're like, we were kind of surprised to see that in the last few years, the Suns and the Diamondbacks both had really big losing streaks. Yeah, the, the Diamondbacks had a 17 game losing right. streak back in 2021. The Suns had a 17 game losing right. streak back in right. 2018, 2019. Yeah. That Diamondback team won 52 baseball games. Yeah. They didn't fire Tori Lovello. Sometimes, they made it to the World Series last year. Sometimes I think it's a miracle they didn't. They I, I really do. Like, it's a miracle they didn't fire Tori Lovello. Lost over 100 games, yeah. and they kept Tori Lovello. They did not fire him. I don't know that you fire—I don't think you fire Frank Vogel if things don't go right, unless he loses the team. But, like, I don't think that's going to be the case. 
So I would be surprised if they don't run it back again and just hope that they're healthier and can get a better seed. And but who you know? But I don't know because we don't know this guy's yeah, track record. I was gonna say I, I was gonna ask you a personal question, and I hope you don't mind if I ask you this. But are, are you saying that because that's what you believe, or that's what you've heard? You know what I mean? Like the, the diff- I've never had any discussions with anybody about what would happen if they get knocked okay. out in the first okay. round. So, so this is just I, you I, taking your best stab at it. Basically. I have not had okay. any of those discussions okay. as to what would happen. Uh, now, you know, in the coaching search that I was the first one oh, yeah. to put yeah, yeah, Vogel yeah. to the Suns. And so I kind of know a little bit, but I, I, I've I, I never was, thought about what would happen if, if he was. If they lose. That's why I let off the segment by saying I'm kind of surprised we haven't had this conversation yet. Because in the back of my mind, I had always kind of wondered if they do get a bad matchup in the first round and they get bounced in the first round, could something happen to Frank? And, and you're right. We, we've never really had a referendum on Matt Ishbia's patience level. So we're not really sure how he would respond. You know, we, we, we know what Robert Sarver, we, we got to the point where we could kind of predict Robert Sarver's moves pretty well when it comes to coaches and when he was going to make moves and things like that. Uh, with Matt, we don't know. I would think at the very least, if they get bounced in the first round and everyone's bitterly disappointed over that, Frank Vogel's seat is really hot next year. Really, really hot next year. Like, this team better have one of the top records in the Western Conference and they better be humming along. And if they're just kind of floating around five, six, seven, eight this time next year, or even at the All Star break next year, or even like at the midway point, Frank Vogel better be looking over his shoulder. That's just my guess on the situation. Because I would be surprised if they let him go. I wouldn't say I'd be really surprised if they let him go. Like I, Because I, I think Matt Ishbia has thrown a lot of money into this. He knows that the window is kind of tight with KD and Beal. And I would be surprised, but not like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened to Frank Vogel for those reasons. I think there's a window element here that kind of has to be factored in. You also have to figure out who's available. Sure. Remember the coaching search, and we reported this, I reported this, the coaching search was narrowed down to three guys. It was Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, Kevin Young. I had ruled out Budenholzer early and Nick Nurse and all these guys that people were tying to Phoenix. I'd ruled those guys out. It was Kevin Young, it was Doc Rivers, and it was Frank Vogel. Those are the three candidates, and they ended up going with Vogel. I think some of it might have to do with, like, you know, if there's somebody that's out there that you think would be great, then maybe that changes your your feeling on whether you would get rid of a coach in one year or not. I would be, again, very surprised if anything like that happened, even if they get bounced in the first round, because there was some circumstances that seemed to be out of their control this year. Is Ty Lue available? I is, don't know, man. Is, you know, here's, here's why he may not be available. Kawhi re-upped. Yeah. Right? There's I mean, reports that Paul George is going to re-up. And then could. you might, like, you might have this... Yeah, I, this this you, the Clippers might be looking at it like we've got a chance here over the next couple of years to win one. Potentially, I, he's just he's been there a while, and, and I'm just I, I okay. It's, it's interesting you know, because, because I, I I think if I remember right from our conversations about Ty Lue when the Suns ultimately hired Frank Vogel, I think we decided he had a year left on his deal. Um, I, I just you're ultimately you're right. We don't know because we 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 don't have a history with Matt Ishbia for this. I, I but if I'm if I'm going to generalize this, I'm going to uh, say on a scale of one to ten, 
10 being I'm shocked, one being I totally expect it to happen, I'm guessing you're about a seven or an eight, right? Like in terms of, oh, I'd really be surprised if that happens. You're Probably like an eight to okay, a nine. Okay, you're eight to a nine. I'd be okay. really, really surprised if that happened. I'd put myself around a six. Because I, Vogel's I, I, not. I'd put myself around a six. Vogel's not like Griffin in Milwaukee, who is a rookie head coach and had never been a head coach before. You're like, okay, you're just in over your head. No. He's a veteran coach that's won a championship he, and had a lot of success. He is, but let's also think about the terms upon which he was hired. Here comes this great defensive-minded coach who really hasn't had that kind of impact on the Suns' defense. You know, we've seen flashes, bits and spurts, but but we all sort of acknowledge that the Suns' strength is their offense. It's almost like the old, like in the NFL, do you want an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator as your head coach? It feels like, in a way, this Suns' team, to me, is built like they need an offensive-minded head coach to maximize their offense, to be as great as they can be on offense, and that maybe hiring a defensive-minded coach wasn't the right read for the roster in the moment. And if they do lose in the first round of the playoffs, that maybe that might be the reason why you'd consider a change. Let's go hire a coach who maybe is a little more like-minded with how our roster is right now based off of what our strengths and weaknesses are. Offense over defense. That That's why I would put myself at a five or a six. Now, hopefully... Hopefully none of this happens. Hopefully the Suns don't get bounced in the first round. Nothing happens that we're but but Look, it is they're, something they're, we're thinking about if this thing goes because they could have a really tough matchup in the first round of the playoffs. The likelihood is that they're gonna either face Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, or the Clippers in the first round. Yes. That's the likelihood that they're gonna face one of those teams. Of course. Yeah. And they're gonna be on the road. In in you know in game one, they're not going to have home court advantage. That's the likelihood. Now maybe things change, but that is the probability. And I think Denver will do enough to not be the four seed because they're starting to play really well right now. So you know Clippers, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. I don't know. You know, I you could win. You, you even if you played that series on the road, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns won a series there. Now I'm just looking real quick, and I know I'm running this late. Um, I'm reading a story right now from Hoops Rumors from August 8th of last year. So, like, right in the middle of the offseason, the Clippers might have guaranteed the final year of Lou's contract for the 2024-2025 season. If what I'm reading is correct, that would mean he's under contract next year, too. Right, unless he wanted to get out, unless, and then you do compensation where yeah, which you we, give we, up something to get yeah, him. Yeah, and we we played that game this past year. Um, anyway, we'll see. Just something something in the back of our mind to think about when we come back. Marvin Harrison Jr. at 6.20 this morning, Arizona time. He was supposed to get behind a podium and talk into a microphone where presumably he was going to be asked about joining the Arizona Cardinals. He wasn't there. We cool with that? It's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Wolf, what's next for the Arizona Cardinals following the NFL Combine? All eyes are on free agency. So what you gonna do, Big Red? We get going Monday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. No, I actually just found out about it 15 seconds ago before I jumped on with you guys. I, I uh, Kudos to him. I would have done the same thing if I could have. <laughs> <laughs> no, JJ, seriously. Yes. How about that? How about that? Hey, man, more power to him. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure the media wants to hear from him. But, uh, 
In due time, they will. Jonathan Gannon, getting comfortable as coach of the Arizona Cardinals, making all sorts of jokes. Uh, doesn't care that Marvin Harrison Jr. missed his media availability. He said, in fact, I, more power to him. I, you don't want to talk to the media? Fine, man. I totally get that. Neither do I. I, I got nothing wrong with that whatsoever. He loves coming on with us. I hope so, for goodness sakes. I hope My he does. He invited us to dinner one time. He did, which he has not really followed up on yeah, yet. He's been a busy oh, man. He's a busy man. True. He's a very busy guy. He's, he's got to try to get by cornerbacks and linebackers and defensive ends and these combine workouts. I hopped on Twitter this morning, and I, I didn't know that today was supposed to be the day that Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to speak, but I, I, I started looking through all these tweets on my Cardinals list, and it's like, well, wow, Marvin Harrison Jr., like just didn't show up. Like, like there no showed. Yeah, he he was supposed to be there at six twenty this morning, <clears throat> and some NFL spokesman came out and said, "Hey, he's not, he's not here. He's not." People almost took it like he's not here in Indianapolis. But it's like, no, he's here. He's just not here in the media room, and he's not going to be here in the media room, and that's that. He's not going to be available. Does that bother you? Does, it, does that tweak you at all that he didn't speak no. to the media this morning? Monty said, we've done a lot of work on Marvin Harrison Jr. They've done their work on him. They know. Um, you know, a lot of these guys that know they're going to be top five picks, they may decide that they don't want to do a lot of these things. Caleb Williams isn't doing medicals for all the teams. Yep. And um, neighbors didn't work out. And... Marvin Harrison Jr. is not working out. He's got a dad that played in the league and was very successful. He's probably getting advice. And you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. And um, would have been nice, like you said, would have been nice to hear him speak. And people asked him, hey, what do you think about the Cardinals at four? And he could have said something, but he declined and he decided not to. And if he does go to the Cardinals, we'll eventually hear from him. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, he, he did interview with the Cardinals. Yes. And Jonathan Gannon told Wolf and Luke today during his appearance, that that went very it well. It was good. Yeah, yeah, he was on it. Um, you know, all the questions that were asked by everybody in there um, had really good answers. It was very thought out, very mature. Um, you know, it was it was a really good interview. And how did he look on the field? Or how did he look when you spoke to him? He's tall. He's, He's tall. tall. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, it was funny because I, I, um, I had met his dad and uh, said, man, your mom must be a little taller because your dad's not – you know, that big, you know, and uh, he started laughing. He goes, yes, she is. She's about 5'10 or so. So, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he's, he's got some length to him. There's no doubt about that. It, it, it brings to mind what Brock Heward, our buddy up in Seattle, told Wolf and Luke a couple of days ago that, that some, that Ryan Day told him that if you see Marvin Harrison Jr. standing next to Marvin Harrison Sr., Marvin Harrison Sr. is six foot and Marvin Harrison Jr. is six foot four, that their their waist level, their hip level is identical. So basically Marvin Harrison Jr. has short legs and a big upper torso. Right. And the belief is, at least according to Brock, that that's why everybody believes Marvin Harrison Jr. runs such great routes is that he's got shorter legs. But he's still got the the hands he's and got the that arms shorter and compact the, to the ground. Yeah, but yeah. he's got the upper torso, lower and the center of gravity, and, or whatever the case yeah. may be. I don't know. look to your point, and and you said it, but I'll I'll repeat it here. As a Cardinal fan, knowing that there is a Cardinal media presence in Indianapolis. I wanted to hear Marvin Harrison Jr.'s reaction to being asked about being the odds-on favorite to be drafted by the Cardinals. Now, I don't know if that's what's going to happen or not. Nobody can know that. Yeah. But if you look at every single mock draft, the majority of them have 
Marvin Harrison this, Jr. going to the Cardinals, and I want to know what he thought about that. There's media obligations. These guys are usually on the podium for about 15 minutes, some less, and then after that, they do the interviews with you know different outlets and stuff like that. And you know they're saying that he made history, that he became the first player to skip the media availability in its entirety. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he no became, one's ever done it before. He became the first, one of the first players, if not the first, to skip his media availability in the modern era of the combine. It's never been done before, yeah. according to some people. They usually just go, he decided not to do it. Whatever his reasons is, I'm sure when he gets drafted, somebody will ask you, hey, why? And he'll give an answer and be like, okay, that's why. And he could be, and we're going to talk about Caleb Williams here in, in the next segment, but it could be kind of similar to what Caleb Williams is doing with not medical testing. Like, I, I'm Marvin Harrison. I don't need to. I, I don't need to do my media interviews. There, I don't need to work out on the field. I don't need to work out at the pro day. There's nothing I need to do because I know that the first player taken in the draft who's not a quarterback is going to be me. And there's nothing I can do yeah. to improve my standing, and there's nothing I can do to hurt my standing. So I'm not going to waste my time and do a media session yeah. that I don't want. I just I would have liked to, you know, like we would have we would have played sound a lot Marvin of it, Harrison sure. Jr. today, yeah. right? Yeah, a lot of it. I, yeah, Chris Carter defended him and said that he was in a med, you know medical people getting a body scan, but that doesn't usually guys will be an hour or two. I was one player, the Texas defensive end, Tavondre Sweat. He was four hours late for his media availability. So guys, usually, if they're doing something medically, once they get done, they run in and do that media availability. And then there's Mike Florio and Chris Sims from ProFootballTalk.com. I see that the Cardinals are the betting favorites to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Well, sorry, Cardinals fans. If I was Marvin Harrison Jr., Which I would say I ain't going to play Why? the Arizona Cardinals. Why? Well, because the F minus. I mean, I'm influenced by all the stuff that's come out over the last year. I don't want to go play for the Cardinals. I want to play for somebody else. You're, and you're not Marvin Harrison Jr., so we're not worried about it. Sorry, Cardinal fans. If I was Marvin Harrison Jr., you're not. He is. You're not. We're not worried about it. Stop it. Oh, so what? We're going to use... The Players Association report card grading system as a guide for the teams I want to play with or don't want to play. Did did, Mar did 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 Mike Florio not watch the Cardinals play last year? I know they only won four games, but they played their ass off three, all season. Beat three playoff teams. Beat three playoff teams. They beat they three were teams. they were a nice story. I, I I know they were a bad team because they didn't win games, but they were a nice story. I mean, now say it about the Chiefs. Come on, yeah, right, because the Chiefs got the same grade as the Cardinals. Now say it about the Chiefs. I wouldn't want to play for the Chiefs because look at their grade. Yeah, he's this guy's. I mean, nobody cares what he says, yeah. honestly. And we did Chris Sims dirty. He he was. We we he was. He, you could hear his voice on there, but he's not. I don't think he agreed with Mike Florio. He just happened to be in the room when he said it. It's, One it's, nothing Coyotes. Oh really? Will the long losing streak come to an end? You don't want it to. I know that. I mean, you might as well. You might as well go for history here. <laughs> Be who I mean, you I don't are. necessarily love what just happened there. It's the worst kind of history in the world. I mean, <laughs> why would you root for that? I just, just, to the, for the life of me, other than a draft pick, I don't know why you would root for that. Give yourself the best odds in the draft. Right now, you're fifth. Try yeah. to move up to fourth or third. Oh boy, you need a weekend bad man. You really, you really need. You really I'm need a couple I'm days. I'm all about off draft bad. positioning, baby. You, your brain is cloudy right draft now. Draft positioning. When we come back, we just talked about the top wide receiver at the combine. What about the top quarterback at the combine? Because he also made history by what he chose not to do today. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us on Monday morning. The Phoenix Suns schedule gauntlet began on Sunday with Oklahoma City. How'd they fare? We'll get into that and more starting at 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back on the Burns and Gambo Show. As we head into the weekend, the Combine continues to be one of the top stories. A lot of the positions that we're the most interested in will do their workouts over the weekend, so I imagine we'll talk about that a lot on Monday. Gambo, you mentioned in the last part of the show how unprecedented it was that Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't speak to the media at the Combine today, um, how players always speak to the media at the Combine. This is kind of part of the deal, right? You're expected to do it. As just as unprecedented was Caleb Williams Jr., the presumed number one pick in the draft. He's not doing any medical testing for teams. Nope, not going to do it. I'll do it when I meet with you individually. Right. But I'll let him explain. And, and apparently this is also a first at the Combine. Why is he declining medical testing? Yeah, so for the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff. Just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. Um, you know, not 32 teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. Um, and so uh, the teams that I go to for my visit, um, you know, those teams will have the, the medical and, and, and that'll be it. The Philadelphia Eagles don't need to poke and prod me because I'm not going to be playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. No jabbings. No jabbing. No No, needles. No hitting your knee to see how it goes up. None of that stuff. I I mean, and and he's not wrong, but it is unprecedented, right? He's got the leverage to skip whatever he wants to skip. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft, and it doesn't matter. So if he doesn't want to do the medical examination portion, then he doesn't have to do it because he has leverage. Other guys don't have the leverage he has. Him and Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr., some of these guys, they just... They have the leverage, and that they choose that, like you say, not all 32 teams are going to draft me. I'll give my medical to the team that I think is. Yeah, it seems to me that there are two guys in this draft who have absolutely nothing to gain and absolutely nothing to lose, and they are Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. The medical process is about eight hours. It's about eight hours. It's tedious. It's long. If you don't, you know. It's kind of redundant because all the teams come in and they're all doing the mm-hmm. same thing and they're all asking the same questions. You think about all those forms you have to fill out when you go to the doctor. Oh, Can you imagine yeah. filling those out two times? Well, oh. they do CT scans, they do X-rays, they do MRIs, they they draw your blood. Yeah. They do this. They do a lot of work. I mean, it's like eight hours. So, like, well, I don't know. I don't want to. I'm going to go to the Bears. Like, I'll do medical for them. I'm not doing it for you guys. Yeah. I'm not doing it for, yeah. Yeah. Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football. Uh, I played this for you earlier. And, and this, when you hear it framed like this, you realize just how unique this situation is and, and how the equation has changed a little bit when it comes to the combine and some of the top players coming into the, the National Football League. And I'll let Peter explain why. He is unlike any other quarterback draft prospect we've ever seen and it's Mm. not because of his talent which is amazing it's because of what he's leaving at usc caleb williams had endorsement deals from wendy's dr pepper nissan united airlines playstation playstation neutrogena and reportedly made over 12 million dollars in nil money and endorsements he lived in a amazing apartment in los angeles he was the king of usc and before that was the king at oklahoma it's hard to look at him and say okay well traditionally i looked at my quarterbacks coming and they don't say much and they go and they do the medical this guy is coming from a totally different situation than everybody else he has already earned 12 million dollars from his play earning that off the field there's a phrase to what caleb williams has You've used it before. Blank you money. Blank you money. 
Yeah. I got blank you money. Yep. It, it, it's a nice place to be. It's, it's, it is, I dream of being in that place. I, I have, I, what's, what's, what's the weather like over there? And <laughs> when you live in blank you moneyville, tell me please, Gambo, what's it like? Cause I, because it, it, he does, he has, no, I'm not going to take your medicals. You know why? I've already got $12 million in the bank and I don't have anything to gain or anything to lose by telling you no. So no. CTs, I'm not going to X-rays, do it. MRIs, eight hours, yep. blood drawn. I'm not doing it. Blank you money. I'm not doing it. If for the teams I'll visit, I'll do a medical for them. It's not like he's trying to hide an injury. He's played it. He played in every game. Played sure. in thirty games. Put on the tape. Watch Only the time play. he came off the field was because when his helmet came off. So it's not like he's trying to hide anything. Yep. He had a little bit of a hamstring injury, but nothing anybody would worry about. He's just saying I've got leverage. Now whether it's the blank you money or not, he's just he's he's got some leverage here, being the guy, the consensus number one pick, to say I'm not going to do that. Now, it doesn't mean he's not motivated by more money, and certainly it's not like he's not motivated to, su- to succeed in the NFL because we all know he'll get his rookie contract. It'll be nice, but he's playing for that next contract, the one that pays him a quarter of a billion dollars by the time it comes around, right? So it's not like he's, you know, that's what he made at USC is nice. What he'll make on a second contract in the NFL is generational wealth for you know, the next five or six generations of his family if he wants. So he's he's motivated to succeed when he gets to the NFL. But at this stage of the journey, there's nothing he needs to do. Whereas the other guys, Drake May, he needs to do the medicals. Michael he, Penix Jr., Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Even Jaden Daniels, he needs to do the stuff because those guys are fighting to be the second quarterback taken. Who's going to be the second wide receiver taken? There's a big difference in yeah. money between the second guy and the third guy. And so, yeah, you're doing everything you can to make sure you're that guy. You want that. You want the prestige, too. You know, you'd rather be the second quarterback taken, not the third. You want to be the third, not the fourth. Like, so all of that stuff matters. And listen, they set this thing up. It's been the combine is very, very good for the GMs and the teams. Very, very good because they get all this extensive time and they get the medicals and their history and they get to interview guys and they get to work them out and everything. And so it's a real it's a real bonanza for the teams to get all that information. But there are some guys that just, like Caleb Williams, has the leverage to say, I'm not going to do that. It is interesting to hear that uh, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN prefers Jaden Daniels to Caleb Williams. Let me play this for you. What do you think is transferable to the NFL, to the next level? Number one, who has the best ball placement versus man coverage? When you watch the tape, what guy sees man coverage and throws it the best versus tight? That's Jaden Daniels. Number two, it's not who creates the most explosive plays. What does it look like when they throw the ball downfield? You have to watch that because guys could be butt naked wide open. Caleb had a lot of wide open guys downfield because he would create so much. Jaden Daniels was best at that. And then who, got, who is like the, the, the calmest in the pocket? Jaden Daniels was the best at that. Wow, I just baffled because I watched him at ASU for a few years. And <laughs> I know. He was, you know. I remember I when Jaden Daniels got to ASU, and I remember saying to you, he's got a chance to be the greatest quarterback that's yes. ever played for ASU. I remember you saying that. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And he I wasn't. Do. Nope, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He was good. Put up good numbers, 6,000 yards, 12, 1,300 rushing yards over the three years he was here. Then he transferred out. Didn't seem like anybody was really going to miss him. Um and then he blossomed at LSU and 
took off. And now, I mean, I look at Ricky Pearsall, good good wide receiver at ASU, went to Florida, killed it. He's a top 50 prospect right now. Uh-huh. You know, so it's it's worked out for a couple of those guys. But, yeah, it is still really difficult for me to look at Jaden Daniels. I still remember this toothpick of a player. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, he's just... You know, and and dual threat quarterbacks, if you're built like Lamar Jackson, that's one thing. If you're built like Jaden Daniels, to me, that's another thing. He may be great in the NFL. I watched a couple of his games at LSU, but I mean, I saw him beat Bama once, but I just, I don't, I haven't seen enough of him to know how much he's changed in the two years since he left ASU. No, he's, I, I read something on Twitter this morning that apparently word coming out of India is that he's doing really, really well in the individual meetings that, that you know, I think the biggest thing with him was going to be get up on the whiteboard and draw it out, you know, and show me this and show me that and let's go through your thought process and why you, just, why you read the play this way or why you read the play that way. Um, you're right. And look, I agree with you about his time with ASU. I think we're all just going to have to get over it. Like, I think we're all just going to have to, like, he's just not that guy anymore. Because I think the he's same different. way. Yeah, yeah. I think the same way about Jaden Daniels. I, I think to myself, come on, man, he's not going to succeed in the NFL. But he went to LSU, got better coaching, found himself in a better situation, and blossomed. And, like, I like Dan Orlovsky a lot. I, I think he's a pretty smart NFL guy. It's fascinating to hear him say that about Jaden Daniels over Caleb Williams. I don't know if it's going it, to... It, remember last year, it was all Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, and oh, by the way, C.J. Stroud. Oops. Wish you could do that one over again if Carolina, right? Because the better quarterback was the guy who was number two. You it, would, but now that, you know, new coaching staff in Carolina, they're still... I heard them saying the other day, they're very high on him. So, there. you know, you got to see if another year... Look, it... One coaching staff, it doesn't work. If another coaching staff, it doesn't work, then it's probably not going to work for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you do wonder, it's not always about the number one guy in this situation. It wasn't, it doesn't appear like it was last year. And I'm sure if Carolina could do it all over again, coaching or not, they're taking CJ Stroud. If they could do it all, oh, yeah. all over again, coaching or, and I wonder if another team this year will look at one of these other quarterbacks the same way, like, oops. Oops, the surefire number one guy got the wrong guy. Uh, you wrong said guy. something today about Bo Nix and the experience that he has. Uh, you know what? I'm, okay, we're late, but I'm going to. I'm glad you brought. Thank you for reminding me about this. I didn't know this. He is the most experienced quarterback in the history of the NFL yes. draft. Yeah, nobody has made more nope. starts in college than Bo Nix has, and he did it at Auburn and he did it at Oregon. That's a Damn fine thing to have on your resume, I think, if you're going into the NFL. Yeah. That's a lot of games under your belt, a lot of experience, and two good systems and two good conferences against a lot of good competition where you're able to say, look at the experience level I have. Bo Nix is going to be, you know, he'll be a first-round draft pick, I think. If not second, you know, a lot early of, people, second. Lot of second. people think he could go early second. So either late first or early second, he'll be given a chance to be a starter. NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th. It's the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience as NASCAR heads west. Drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel. For your chance to experience this, head out to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. It's your chance to win tickets. You're a Suns fan. Are you worried about the Lakers? Are you worried about the Warriors? Don't worry. Charles Barkley says don't.
next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Games that we're going to watch tonight brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. Gambo, I hate to break your heart. They're going to end the streak. It's not even the first intermission yet. Ooh, We're still in the first period. Man. And the Coyotes are beating Ottawa 3 0. Damn. 3 1. Oh. 3 1? 3 1. Goal by Daniel Alfredson. Literally right as we were coming back. Oh, there. Ottawa just scored. Great. Right. Brady Kachuk. Uh, no. Vlad Tarasenko. All right. You, say you know, so. everybody knows him. 122 left in the in the first. The Coyotes are currently rocking a 14-game losing streak. Rocket. Um, to lose tonight, and it would tie the longest uh, losing streak in the history of the franchise since they moved to Arizona. I don't know what it was in Winnipeg, but it, here in Arizona, 15 would be the longest. Yeah. Um, they, they would come very close to tying the longest all-time losing streak by one of the big four teams here in Arizona, the Suns and the Diamondbacks. But very recently... Had a 17-game losing streak. Suns back in the 18-19 season. Igor Kokoshkov's one and only go as head Igor coach Kukoshkov. of the Suns. And then Troy Lavelle and the Diamondbacks had a 17-game losing streak just two years ago. Three years ago. So if they win this game, are they going to go streaking down the Rideau Canal in Ottawa? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not familiar with this canal. The Rideau Canal. I don't know it. Yeah. I don't know it. I went to a game in Ottawa once. Playoff game. Senators against the Capitals. Really? Many, many years ago when I was doing the show with Tim Lyota, before even even before Asher, we adopted the Senators as our favorite team. Damian Rhodes was the goalie. They uh, they they were the eighth seed. They upset like the one seed and they got to the play. We had Damian Rhodes on the show. Uh, wow. We didn't even know him and he invited us to go like stay at his house and come to the game. So we went. Okay. No, really. Like, That's, I didn't I, even know. I had no idea who he was. We had him on the show a couple times. Uh, I don't know how we got him, but just like we adopted the Senators as our favorite team. And he was like, hey, next round, if you guys want to come out and stay at my house, you can. So we did. And here I thought I knew there was everything to know about you. I yeah. had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, also on tonight, if you're so inclined, if you're looking around the NBA at games that might impact the Phoenix Suns and their standings in the West, there's actually a bunch. Dallas is at Boston. That game's underway right now. Boston's up 18-10 early. Warriors are at Toronto. That's the second night of a back-to-back for Golden State. Kings are at Memphis. The Pacers are at New Orleans. And if you still believe the Suns can move into the top four, the Wizards are at the Clippers. All of those teams are in the Western Conference top ten. So who knows where things will stand. And then, of course, the Suns at it tomorrow, taking on the Houston Rockets. And uh, a little jealous, by the way. Wish I was going to the Suns game tomorrow to go see uh, Amari Stoudemire at halftime. Stoudemire. Yeah, getting getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, I guess Alvin Gentry's going to speak, and I think Steve oh, Nash is going to speak. And yeah, it should be a lot of, should be a lot of fun. Uh, as far as the NBA goes, uh, Charles Barkley says, don't be scared of the Lakers or the Warriors. There's no reason to be. I'm so sick of these fools on other networks talking about the Lakers and the Warriors. We don't brag about any other play-in teams, do we? I understand Steph is great and LeBron is great. Ain't nobody worried about the Lakers and the Warriors in the West. You don't but think I, so? I, I would say this, Chuck. Okay, go ahead and say it, killer. <laughs> if Tom Brady was in a player in situation, you'd be like, that's Tom Brady. 
Yeah. So that's yeah. that's yeah. what LeBron three, and Steph are. Yeah, three years ago. Uh, man, nobody's worried about the Lakers okay. and the Warriors. They're playing good mm-hmm. right now. But let me tell you something. Uh, we we be kissing these guys' ass so much. We don't brag about the number nine teams in the wet in the East. They ain't got no chance. The Lakers and the Warriors, they're on a little spell. They're doing well. LeBron was amazing last night. But they're not gonna beat those teams up top. But period. two of the best players that ever, played ever. The game. I understand. They are. But they're not no threat to those teams in the West. So stop I, juicing them up. I agree with them. I do agree. I, know I don't you do. think they yeah, can beat those. But we have said, like, there is a big difference between the, the, the bottom teams in the West compared to the bottom teams in the East. Hell there's yeah. no difference. I mean, there's there's a big difference between the Lakers and Golden State and the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh-huh. Those teams aren't any good. Uh-uh. These teams are good. They're not great. They're the Golden State and L.A., they're good teams. They're not great teams. The Bulls are terrible. The Hawks are terrible. Like Those are terrible basketball yeah, teams. And, and it, the, the Jets' point is one that's well taken. You, you you concern yourself with them because they have Steph Curry. You concern you look, if the Suns, and I hope you're right, that they do not fall into the play-in tournament, I want to believe that you're right. They do, and they're playing a one-game winner-take-all, losers-done-for-the-year game against Steph Curry. You're going to tell me you're not going to be gripping about that game a little bit? That's in Steph a winner, Curry. In a winner-take-all that that's dangerous to play the Lakers or the Warriors in a five or a seven game series. I don't think it is. Okay. I, I appreciate the distinction and I mostly agree with that. In a one game, a Steph Curry goes off and it's seven threes. Yep. Okay. Yep. You know, but over the course of five games, are they going to beat you three times? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I think that is, you're right. That is the important distinction, which is why, you have to stay out of the play-in tournament. I don't know why I'm whispering. I'm not in the library. You have to stay out of the play-in tournament. You have to. Today's the final day, by the way, for the uh, buyout market, right? Yeah, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody. No Mike Muscala. Uh, he signed with Oklahoma City. Did you see yes, that? Yes, I did. Yeah, he signed no with Otto City. Porter Jr. No, no, but, but. No Patty Mills. But, you know, what? I, I trusted you. You told me that wasn't going to happen. I know. Did I have reason not to? No. No, you. I mean, you know the information's correct. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. it's. I, I put this one to bed a while ago. Yeah. They weren't going to yeah. sign anybody. It was. It was done. There was nobody. There's nobody to sign. They. They got Thaddeus Young. Um, who they, doesn't play? They did. Who, who doesn't play? Uh, you know what? I'm kind of surprised he hasn't. I'm. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I'm kind of surprised. He didn't last night. He did the nope. game before. Did didn't not he? play last night. He played the other he game played against, against the Houston. Lakers. Right. I thought it was Houston. I thought he played against Houston. You can look it up real quick. I thought it was a Houston game, but he definitely did not play last night. And well, I, I think that. And night, I yeah. think more than anything, I think he's what you had talked about. He's. I think he's just an insurance policy in case something happens and you need a small ball five. You've got Daddyus Young there. He's played yeah, one game. He played against Houston. That's it so far. Just against Houston. Just he didn't play Houston. against the yep. Lakers. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I, I still wonder about him. Used in some combinations, a small ball five, but you know, so far just the one game. So we'll see. It's it's the roster set. The the roster set. Your top eight or nine are set. Now it's time for Frank Vogel to maximize. He's he's thinned it out. The the roster's been thinned out. They've identified their eight or nine best players, the ones that they're going to go to in a playoff series and say these are our guys. Now you have to figure out the best combinations within those eight or nine. 
And you're seeing that experiment because we saw Bol Bol with Kevin Durant and Nurkic. We've seen that a couple of times. A couple of times We've now. seen that a couple of times. That's a, a bigger lineup big. with size and some length with Bol Bol, Nurkic, and Durant all playing together. Big lineup. Has a big lineup. Yeah, for- Bol Bol, you know, I'm surprised at how well he shuffles his feet and moves for sure. a guy that has that type of size Look, and length. We talked about this earlier in the week. When you don't have great point-of-attack defenders, and the Suns don't have great point-of-attack defenders. What you need are guys with length, guys who will disrupt shots, bother offensive players. Yeah, because what's, what's their weakness on defense? Dribble penetration. Yeah, it's, you, so guys get by Devin Booker or Eric Gordon yeah. or Grayson Allen. It's nice to have some length and size behind you. Yeah, behind you or even in front of you just to kind of put a hand in the face and really contest some of these shots. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.